Ah, yes, the summer wind. It's uh, hasn't come blowing in yet to New York. We get a little little taste of spring, uh, but uh, sorta. Anyway, welcome on into the Ken Robinson Music Podcast Project. That's right, the Ken Ma- Ken blah, 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 the Ken Robinson Music Podcast Project. It is close enough at the top of the show that I could easily edit that out, but I'm not going to edit it. I told you this show is going unedited, unedited. And so I'm just going to leave it in and we're going to go with it. That's to show you from episode two, perfectionism. I'm trying to practice what I preach here. I'm also not trying to preach. Anyway, um, this is episode four of the Ken Robinson Music Podcast Project. And uh, today I'm going to be talking about self-doubt. And, uh, you know, probably something that no one's ever felt. No one ever feels self-doubt, I'm sure. It's a, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing at myself here uh, in my sarcastic moment. Uh, of course, I'm being sarcastic. Everyone feels self-doubt. Um, anyway, I'll get into that in a minute. But I wanted to open up the show by uh, just uh, saying that uh, thank you again um, for all the positivity coming back uh, on the social medias and the Facebooks and the tweeters and the Twinstagrams and the things like that. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been uh, really positive stuff. Um, and if it decides to become negative stuff, that's okay too. I'm going to, I'm going to not, I'm going to not doubt myself and, uh, and just say, you know what? That's all right. There's room for that. There's room for negativity. Uh, I guess, um, <laughs> I don't really know what to say about that, but, uh, but constructive criticism, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, negativity, like, you know, real harsh kind of stuff like that. I'm going to just kind of swipe on through that stuff. Um, and, uh, just, I will just say this and I don't mean this in a passive aggressive way, but maybe you're feeling some self doubt. Maybe you're feeling a little insecure and, uh, um, you just want to, you don't, you're not sure how to express that. And, uh, you're feeling, uh, upset about something. And um, I, uh, I hope everything's okay. Now, I haven't got any negative things like that, but if, if I do, that's how I'm going to look at it. And uh, hopefully not let it hurt myself too bad. But no, anyway. Um, so I want to just let you know that if you're listening to this, you've obviously already found the podcast. So uh, congratulations on that. Um, you, uh, but, but if you want to refer a friend or if you want to go for future or podcasts, uh, episodes of this podcast, or other podcasts, um, but I hope you listen to this one. Um, this is episode four, so you got three other ones. Uh, I mean, three other absolute gems. Talk about no self-doubt. I mean, absolute gems out there. Um, I am, as I say that, actually having doubts um, about that, so uh, I'm just trying to be real here, but anyway. Um, yeah, if, I just want to mention that uh this podcast now it's officially the ken robinson music podcast project is officially now up on apple podcasts it's up on stitcher which is an app you can get for ios also for android um it's going to soon be up on google play for uh, a lot of android stuff and uh google's and google google stuff and whatnot and uh pretty soon hoping to get on spotify spotify Maybe it'll 
maybe I, maybe it'll stream right from Spotify. Who knows? We'll see. But that's where I'm uh, submitting a lot of this stuff to. But right now, it's officially up on uh, Apple Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Um, so yeah, I wanted to open up the show with that Sinatra tune because I wanted to just talk for a minute about how there's such a power to music in the the ability to bring back memory, uh, bring back memories. Uh, and I, they don't have to be positive memories. They can be all kinds of memories. Um, there's music that I listen to and I think back to when I was, you know, suffering a great deal in my life or, and it can bring back a almost immediately bring up tears or bring up sadness, lump in the throat kind of thing. Or, um, and other times certain things make you think of summer, uh, summer break or vacations or, um, relationships in the past or the present or whatever. And Frank Sinatra, to me, a lot of times, the reason I bring that up uh, at the beginning of the show is is brings up um, when I was a kid and uh, would go down to my grandparents. I, I grew up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, which is about 10 miles east of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And um, every, I'd say many times a year, actually, we would drive down to my grandparents' house, my dad's parents, and uh, we drive down there uh, on a Friday night. School would have let out. My dad came by to pick my sister Donna and I up, and uh, my parents at this point, when I was ten, were already divorced, and so here comes the violins, right? Violins start playing now, and uh, cue the sad, somber. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but. Uh, that was my parents had split when I was 10 and um, you know, my dad would come, uh, we'd have every other weekend with my, uh, between my mom and my dad. And so uh, a lot of times on the weekends when my dad had us, we'd go down to visit my grandparents and I, I absolutely loved it. Um, that's not sarcastic. I, I legitimately love that. And I would, uh, I can remember it was, again, it was like, Later in the Friday evening, my dad would get home from work and then come over to the house, uh, my mom's house, where my sister and I were living, and, and pick us up. And it was Friday night. It was dark out by that point, usually. And there was a talk radio station, oddly enough, in Philly, and I cannot pull it for the name for the life of me, but the, the name of it. But a talk radio station would, um, I think WWDB, but whatever. Anyway, they would play uh, Friday with Frank. And uh, we'd listen to Frank Sinatra on the uh, on the talk radio station. And uh, he wasn't talking. He was singing, uh, just to clear that up, in case anyone was really, really confused and concerned. Uh, or if you're having self-doubt about that, uh, I uh, just want to be clear. So, uh, so yeah, Friday, Friday with Frank, we'd listen to that. And then uh, on the way home, on Sundays, we'd come back. A lot of times, Sundays, they had Sunday with Sinatra. And those were, to my knowledge, the only two times... A week that they had music and it was just for a few hours and it just happened to hit on those times when we'd be in the car and I have really really pleasant memories from that uh not that time period <laughs> so I'm just laughing thinking about it uh, laughing to keep from crying I guess but uh I have I have pleasant memories from 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 that time period of course but I that time period was very rough but also um the, the pleasant memories that I do have were very much from that that car trip. Uh, it was an hour down to Millville, New Jersey, and then an hour back from uh, Millville on, on Sundays. And Frank Sinatra, would just something about that music, 
there was something to me at that point where I knew that I wanted to be involved in music like that. I wanted to do something like that potentially for a living. I, I didn't really know what that meant yet. but uh, And so even to this day now, I, I, I get the opportunity. I really feel fortunate enough to play in a lot of uh, big band stuff or things with, you know, um, maybe at a wedding or something like that where, um, or, or, you know, concert, standalone concert at a club in New York or wherever and um, doing a Sinatra tribute or maybe a few songs even with vocals without. And it just brings me back to that and back to thinking about heading down to my grandparents. My, my as I mentioned before, my grandfather is, uh, my grandfather on my dad's side, it was such an unbelievably, huge impact on my life and um so yeah also get a little nostalgic a little teary-eyed all the all the stuff that comes with being a human being but um anyway yeah so that's why i wanted to open up with that and also the fact that uh we're hoping for some summer uh maybe some summer wind to come through new york city because uh right now i will i'd even go with a spring wind i'll take a spring wind i would even take a light fall wind at this point uh (laughs) maybe that's what this is but it is a balmy 40 degrees i believe tonight um but i i do i do think we're turning the corner i do think we're turning the corner we're going to get some warmer weather this week but uh yeah it's been a little chilly um so anyway um just wanted to share that with you i think it's fascinating musically speaking how a tune or a soundtrack or an album um can bring us back to a place in our lives um, almost instantaneously once we hear that song. That is absolutely, it's amazing how the brain works in that way. And it's like the olfactory senses with uh, with odors, it smells and scents, a, a certain kind of um, woodsy smell sometimes. You remember, like, I remember taking hikes as a kid or, or you know, um, just things like that. It's really, really fascinating to me. And music has that amazing ability to do that, so... Just something, uh, another thing to not take for granted in this life. And uh, yeah, pretty cool. Anyway, um, so I want to talk about self-doubt today. I I call this episode Self-Doubt. It's episode four. So we are really building up a library here. Four episodes. I believe this is officially now a a classic. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, this is... um, I've I called this episode four, Self-Doubt. I don't deserve this or I don't belong here and other myths. Um, I need to put that parenthetical statement of and other myths because uh, everything that was written there prior to are myths. You don't deserve it. You don't belong there. Or in a negative thing, if something negative is happening to you or something that you perceive as negative, uh, that you do deserve it or you do belong there. Um, these are a lot of times, so many times, if not always, mistaken beliefs, and uh, um, they can be they can be really, really hurtful and um, really take a toll, a lot of stress, a lot of toll on our uh, our psyche, and um, and also physically, you know, both mentally and physically, because what 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 affects the mind uh, affects the body, and 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 back and forth, it's it's a connection between the body the body. <laughs> That's the ultimate connection, the Mahdi. Again, we're going unedited here at the Ken Robinson Music Podcast Project. So the body and the mind, also known as the bind or the Mahdi. Uh, Trademark? No, just kidding. Anyway, 
but it is the mind and body. There's a connection absolutely there. Uh, things we feel, they're, they're now finding out these traumas that we feel in the body uh, can affect the way we feel. Um, an injury to our leg from a kid can affect the way we feel when we're in our 60s. Well, you know, before that even. And, and uh, the way we feel in our mind, of course, is uh, stress as a uh, result. You know, result we see we see that in the, in the body through tension and, and things like that. So self-doubt is a huge thing. And it's something that I could sarcastically say nobody feels. Um, but uh, that is absolutely not true. I would say that anybody in this world, pretty much anybody in this world, has at some point in their life felt self-doubt. And I think there's a difference between being kind of careful with the way we conduct ourselves or not necessarily careful but but you know trying to live our, our best life or trying to live our lives in a, in a, uh, a compassionate way or things like that and then there's a difference there's a difference between that and self-doubt and doubting that you know again oh I, I've got this gig and I don't deserve it because I'm not actually good enough to play it or uh, I've got this um you know, I just I just came into some money. <laughs> that would be nice, but I'm just saying, you know, things like that. Oh, I think you know, we we these these mistaken beliefs that we tell ourselves, and these are embedded in our culture. Um, it's embedded. It, it, it can be passed down from you know generations in a family of these feelings of guilt, these feelings of uh, again the self doubt, these the, all these different things, and it's something that we're I want I really want to take a look at at some point in more detail but there's an idea right now that some people say well some people are genetically predisposed to feeling a certain way and then there's another idea that people say well people are learning all of this behavior and there there is no genetic predisposition and then there's a whole other thing that's saying well it's a mixture of both it's uh, and I think this is of course the time the time old the timeless tale of the nature versus nurture. But when we look at nature versus nurture, um, we, we have to start asking ourselves, so, you know, if you're feeling self-doubt, if you're feeling these things, is there something in your past that you learned within maybe your family structure to doubt yourself? Um, also, we could look at predisposition in terms of a genetic form to, you know, maybe our brain chemistry. We just feel a little bit less secure. We, you know, people... Um, and, and that's been shown in, in many studies. But the study of epigenetics, and epigenetics is something that fascinates me, is the idea that, so let's say, I would, I would have to say, take, use myself as an example here. I was absolutely, without question, predisposed genetically to feelings of anxiety and depression. And I can look back in my family history, and it's glaringly obvious um, more so now than it ever was because we're, we've come a lot further psychologically and uh, being more open about things, which I hope to be even more open. But anyway, so you take somebody like myself who's genetically predisposed to feeling anxious and depressed. And then if you put somebody like myself or you know anybody else that has that predisposition genetically into a situation where there are all these positive things and support and, and, and nurturing and all these different aspects 
within their life to kind of change that. They've shown, and I, if, if I'm not mistaken, they've here's some self doubt. <laughs> anyway, um, if I'm not mistaken, they've shown that um, this, in terms of epigenetics, certain genes can become more prominent, so or get turned off even or turned on, and so the idea that if you are predisposed to something and you and you and you have nurture and you have love and compassion all around you growing up that it may not show itself as uh, severely as if you are predisposed genetically and you don't have that and in my life i would say there were absolutely well it's no question i was predisposed to it uh genetically just again from a family standpoint but then there were a lot of things that happened in my life that I'll get into detail at some point, probably in interviews with people, but that, uh, that did not allow for support. And I, um, you know, suffered from that. And, and, and I think then that allowed a lot of the anxiety and a lot of depression and things like that to come out more. And so that gene maybe got a little more attention, uh, that got turned on and then things like that got more attention. Then I had to, learn my way out of it, which I've done. And, and, um, that's why I'm doing this podcast. I mean, that's why one of the reasons, especially as a musician and, and to offer hope and that, uh, you know, all this stuff happens, but we can uh, still be okay and we can still live, uh, uh, content life and, and, uh, and, and really, uh, try to make the most of things. So anyway, that's just one thing to think about. Um, and these are things that I'm bringing up because they're things that I would ask that maybe if you're feeling a certain way if you're feeling like you're anxious and you, you're looking to blame somebody um i could absolutely tell you that uh yes there are people probably that you could blame but there are also um genetic factors that may be you know with that you know out of our control and so there are a lot of ways to do that and i and i do think though confronting all of those things is is incredibly important in, in the healing process so and uh, so just something to think about. But this idea of self-doubt, again, is, is, it can really cut through and affect so many different things in our lives. It can, it can, well, it can affect everything in our lives, for that matter. You doubt yourself in, in all these ways. And if, you look, if, you, if we just look at a typical situation in, uh, in the Western world, in the U.S. here, uh, if I walk down the street, uh, living in New York City, um, I'm going to use uh, what most people know of New York City. By the way, I would like to make a, a quick little um, a quick little plug for New York City here. Not that New York City needs my plug here, but I, I'd like to just say that people, if, if you've only gone to Times Square in New York and um, that's all that you think of New York, I would ask that you maybe take a cab north or south, uh, go to one of the other boroughs perhaps, uh, but but just very quickly north or south of Times Square uh, are the, all these other wonderful aspects of New York. And um, um, Times Square has some really cool stuff too. I mean, that's where the Broadway shows are and that's where the, you know, I mean, that's where the, that's where the Toys R Us Ferris wheel used to be. RIP, rest in peace. But I mean, for real though, there are some great things, of course, in Times Square. And it's, I, I think it is a really uh, a special place in its own right. Uh, however, if that's what you think New York is and that's it, I would please ask that you go look all around. Um, I just heard some people say New York is 
blah, 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 in a negative way or something like that. And, and I think, well, I don't know that you've seen more than uh, eight blocks. And the reason I'm bringing this up, though, is because in that area in Times Square, there are some fantastic, wonderful Broadway shows that are playing and all these really great things that are going on. And at the same time, there's all this advertising and there are models, uh, pictures of models in all sorts of fashion. And there's, there's again, what, what the idea of what uh, defines beauty, and I use that in quotes, you know, in, in the U.S. or in, in the Western world, in the world. And there's all these things that, that, uh, that are looked to influence us. Um, and even, even the recordings that we listen to, so from a musical standpoint, when we listen to recordings of uh, a symphony orchestra or of a jazz group or of, you know, but I would especially say when we listen to recordings of pop music, it is so polished and edited. There are so many mechanisms behind that. They are so produced that we hear these things that are almost, going back to episode two about perfectionism, they're almost, engine well, they are engineered to be what people consider perfect. Um, which is is flawed in itself there. And, and so there are people holding themselves to impossibly high standards, um, whether it's um, somebody looking at a magazine cover and saying that they should look like that person on the cover, that's altered as well. I mean, that's that's a computer, computer altered, uh, graphically altered on a computer. And that's a, an, an impossible standard to keep people to. Um, and it's 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 everywhere. It's pervasive in in this culture, and it's it's a breeding ground for self doubt. Um, for for a, a being human, uh, you know, advertising agencies and production companies and places like this they 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 feed on this stuff. They they know that they absolutely know that. And I'm not trying to be conspiracy theory minded here, but it's just that's a fact. I mean, that's just something that people are are after. Um, there are books on this um, uh, all over. The, there's tell-all books from uh, former advertising gurus and things like this. So anyway, that's one way that self-doubt is promoted. And, we're, you know, it's this idea that we're constantly saying, well, I'm not good enough. I'm just not good enough. I just, I, I you know. And so one of the things that we have to look at is, you know, let's let's say, you know, I'll use the example of being on a gig and uh, this is absolutely something that I felt and, and I'll just be, and I, I hope that you can identify with this, but you know, you're playing on a gig and maybe it's a really high profile gig or um, whatever it might be. And, and you kind of feel like um, you're excited to be there. You've worked really hard to be there, but this mentality comes into, into you that you don't belong there or that, that everybody around you plays better or everybody around you is a certain way. Like this is again, this this is where the competitive element comes in, or the idea of what we're trying, what kind of standard we're trying to live up to. And I think one of the things we have to remember is that everyone is feeling this way to some degree. There is, and 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 if if you're not feeling that, you, maybe you did at some point um, in your career, or uh, there will be a moment where you'll feel it. Um, and if you don't feel you've felt it ever. It's possible it's coming out in some other way as some kind of insecurity. Um, but I think I just think it's human to feel that way. Again, there are ways we can we can learn our way out of it, but 
there's absolutely no question that people feel self-doubt. And I'm using the example again as a, you can use this however you'd like, but I'll use it as a musical example. Again, going back to this you know, high profile gig and maybe I'm, I'm just feeling like, oh man, I, how did I, how did I get this gig? Like, or like the, the imposter syndrome. Uh, I'm a fraud. I, I don't really, you know, this needs to go to somebody. Maybe this needs to go to somebody better than me, or maybe this need this, you know, but one of the things I would really, really uh, like to bring up is this idea that what, what I did to help really quell these feelings and to, to feel, I would almost say to, to somewhat, rid myself of that aspect in some ways is to just acknowledge the feeling. Okay. That's coming in that, that emotion or that, that thought is coming in that, that feeling, but that's not true. It's a myth. Um, I got called to do this job because someone hired me, someone liked the way I do this or, or what, you know, whatever your predicament is. Um, and remember that, you know, maybe that person that hired you is concerned that they didn't hire the right people. And again, this is like a web of, Oh my gosh, uh, insecurity or self-doubt that that it's not going to come off okay but um, and, and it can really spiral and it can cause a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression and a, a lot of again just these mistaken beliefs and one of the things that I would that I would say is that the, I think the biggest thing is that we we need to all I think we need to all come together in this idea that we all have these feelings. As human beings, we have these feelings at some point or another. And I think that in itself is incredibly freeing where we realize that we're not alone. We're not isolated. We are, you know, uh, you're sitting there having a little bit of self-doubt. The person next to you and behind you, in front of you, is having the same feeling or feelings. Or maybe they're not, you know, and, and, but, but I'm just saying that, and, and maybe the person next to you is and you're not. There, there's a lot of ways to look at this, but this is something that I absolutely had uh, a lot. And um, so what I want to say is if you identify with this at all is a really powerful technique. Uh, besides what I've talked about in previous episodes about meditation, meditation is huge, of course, and noticing the feelings and and uh, noticing those thoughts and, and realizing that that's just what they are. They're thoughts and, and they don't have to have control over us. Uh, it's just a thought. And breathing exercises and other types of uh, positive self-talk. But one, in, one thing in particular is something that's uh, known in psychology as cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, it's CBT uh, for short. And if you don't know about it, I would really encourage you to um, read about it. But particularly go talk to somebody, uh, a therapist that's trained in this. Um, there are a lot of, this is a pretty standard model for a lot of therapists and cognitive behavioral therapy is in a nutshell is recognizing these negative thoughts that come in and, and, and recognizing in a sense, how they make us feel, how we feel around these thoughts and then saying, okay, hold that for a minute and then replacing those thoughts with something more positive. Um, so if you're telling yourself that you don't deserve something, then turn that around and say, well, I absolutely deserve that. Or I, I do deserve this. It could, it doesn't have to, you know, it could just be something that I do deserve this and practice these things that 
these these uh, negative thoughts that come in. Practice trying to reverse these. I, I used to use a, kind of a visual of a stop sign. Like the negative thought comes in, stop, and you try to catch it. Sometimes you don't always catch it. Um, when you do, congratulate yourself. And then um, try to replace that with something positive. Try to Try to turn it on its head. Flip the script, if you will. Something like that, you know, I mean, but, but again, these negative thoughts can all be turned into positive thoughts. Um, something really important to think about when you're doing this, uh, and I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying to try this with, I, just based on what I'm saying, but, but it can't hurt, it cannot hurt to sit down and think about something uh, in your life that you're feeling self-doubt about, the way you're handling something, maybe you're, you're not feeling quite right about it. Um, really think about that for a minute because you probably are handling it pretty well. Uh, and we all are doing the best we can. That's really the truth is that we all are doing the best we actually can. Um, but try to recognize the things you're telling yourself, the stories you're telling yourself, the negative things that are coming in and try to, you can think of whatever you want, but something to stop that. Uh, usually a visual aid within your mind, like a stop sign or a red light or uh, just saying stop and then replacing that thought with something positive. And this may seem too simple to believe, but a lot of times things in life are. It's uh, This actually does work. This is actually absolutely very effective. Um, one of the things, though, to think about is that there's a idea that the... The subconscious mind does not understand the word. So, for instance, if you say, uh, "I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going," if, let's talk about let's talk about um, practicing for a minute. If you say, "I'm not going to mess up," that's really not necessarily a positive term. You're kind of saying, "I'm not going to mess up." You're you're telling yourself something, your brain is hearing, I'm going to mess up. Your brain, brain, the brain is not good at hearing not. So instead of saying, I'm not going to mess up, just tell yourself, I'm going to do really well. Use that actual positive language to change it around. Instead of saying the, you know, so you say, oh, this, the self-doubt is, I'm going to screw this up. I am not good enough to do this. And then you say, I am not going to screw this up. You know, something like that. No, instead say, no, I'm going to play this great. I'm going to do this really well. I completely deserve to be here. And start turning those things around. And something like that seems like, you know, when I first heard about it and learned about it, I thought it seems almost almost too easy, but it's actually, it's incredibly powerful. And people a lot of times will ask me, you know, I, I come off. I come off as a as a very positive person. It's because I am, um, and I, I've said this before. I think on, on another episode, but I didn't always necessarily match. So my inside thoughts and my outside presentation didn't necessarily match. So outwardly, I wasn't lying, but outwardly, I was, I was uh, trying to be as positive as I could, but not really allowing. Um, that to come out, the negativity to come out. So I was trying to be positive outwardly, but inside, I was I was being torn apart. I was tearing myself apart. I was I was my own worst enemy. And what I've been able to do, I feel like, through a lot of CBT, um, a lot of uh, the hypnotherapy, a lot of 
meditation, all these different things that we're talking about, um, be able to kind of make it more even, more balanced. In that, I'm not as afraid actually to allow a little bit of, maybe if I'm frustrated with something like that, I allow that to come out externally. But my mood, uh, the way I present myself uh, as a positive figure or as, 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 as someone who, who's pretty happy-go-lucky in, in many ways, um, that matches the way I feel inside and, and trying to be more genuine, trying to be much more honest about things. Uh, and, and, and with myself, that's not, not necessarily, I'm trying to be honest, of course, with people, but being honest with myself. And that, that's really, that was, that's been a challenge in my life because I, again, I'm use, I'll use myself as an example, but I, for, for a lot of reasons, I had to many times feel like within my family or feel like within my household that I had to put on this, um, this exterior of positivity, like, oh, everything's okay. No, everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's great. And inside, no, no, it's not. And uh, it didn't match up. And that caused a lot of a lot of grief, a lot of anxiety and depression. But again, with CBT, with cognitive behavioral therapy and uh, other types of therapy and things like that, and uh, just, you know, keeping as hopeful as possible, I, uh, I feel like I've really, you know, really, uh, again, for many years now, felt really great. And that's why I want to do this podcast because I want to, again, uh, try to exude as much compassion and, and positivity as I can for people and help people realize that, uh, you know, things are going to be okay. And uh, it's not necessarily just that easy to say things are going to be okay. But, um, but uh, with, with some work and with some effort and remembering that you are not alone. Again, I'll keep repeating that at the end of every one of these shows, episodes, is that you are not alone. If not for just the reason that you can talk to me if you want. I'm really serious about that. Again, uh, you can email me anytime at ken at kenrobinsonmusic.com. Um, remember, this whole thing is a growing process. And, and we're all in this thing together. We are all in this thing together. So uh, that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that today. And um, I'll be, of course, talking more about this. And I'm sure self-doubt will come up in the interviews. So I do have some interviews coming up very soon, and I'm really looking forward to putting those out. And uh, again, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ken Robinson Music, the 